Before we get started in this week's episode, I want to remind you to head over to youtube.com slash egofitness or just type in Robert Ego Anthony on his search bar and hit subscribe. I give you a new independent wrestling style vlog every single Monday. And while you're here, hit subscribe on the podcast, Potting with Ego. It helps boost numbers and gets the pod out to a lot of people that might not know it's there. Finally, the sponsor of the With Ego series, it is Good Note Clothing. That's Good Note CO, all one word over on Instagram. Go to them for all of your custom tie-dye clothing needs from hoodies, shirts, shorts, long comfy pants, everything you need when you're traveling on the road or just cuddling up with your loved one on the couch. Myself, Joe, Chico, and a lot of AEW athletes all rock Good Note clothing as well as you should and use code EGO to save yourself 15%. Now, let's get into the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Anthony, Ecodisco Fantasco in some circles, here with no guest. It is just me, it is just you. And we're going to talk all things professional wrestling as well as things going on in my life uh, when it comes to pro wrestling and things like that. But some housekeeping, some quick news and some notes. Last week, I didn't have a guest. And I'll be full transparent with you. I didn't think any of you liked the solo podcasts where it was just me talking to you. Uh, But shout out to Alfonso and Alfonso Gonzalez. Um, he told me that I should do more of these, that I do a good job at painting a picture to the people listening when it's these one-on-one stories. And I decided, you know, this week the holidays are over. I didn't want to bug anyone this week as well. So let's try out the solo pod. Let's see how it does. And I would appreciate all of your feedbacks, um, wherever you contact me via Instagram, or la Twitter, let me know how you think of this pod and if you like more of the solo kind of talk. Um, Alfonso told me that when it's like a three-man band here, uh, when it was me, Chico, and Joe, sometimes things get jumbled and you lose the vision of the story that we're talking about. And and I agree with him. So we're going to roll this. So hit me up on the Twitter, on the Instagram if you enjoy these. And um, let's get into it. Uh Quick kind of follow-up news and notes and things like that. My 2023 is starting off amazing, and hopefully yours is as well. January 7th, just last weekend, I wrestled for GCW, and I was super excited to wrestle in that venue because I saw two events there. Um, The Smashing Pumpkins, uh, I was there for one of Billy Corgan's uh, concerts the night before Thanksgiving years ago. And then I saw Henry Rollins do his spoken word there. And I was super excited to wrestle in that venue because it looks cool. It was something new, something I've never done. And my opponent was supposed to be amazing. Uh, Sawyer Wreck, someone that I, the first time I've seen Sawyer Wreck was when she did some death match and she, she took a gusset plate to the side of the head. And I was like, whoa, she's going in. And going into this match, 
at GCW, I knew it would be something that a lot of people would talk about and it would get some buzz because it's two clash of styles. It's a clash of intergender wrestling and um, I was looking forward to it. But when I got to the venue, unfortunately, Lauderdale told me that she was sick and she couldn't make it. And I said, she's sick? Like, what's wrong? Like, you know, whatever. And he said, oh, she said she's got stomach issues. And I started laughing. I was like, what? And I remember going up to Praise and I'm like, bro, Soyrex not coming. She's got a tummy ache. And then uh, Praise said something along the lines of, she takes gusset plates to the head. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, hopefully Sawyer is feeling okay. And I'm just making fun of a, a tummy ache. She, it might have been another sickness. But hopefully she's okay. But we will run it back. Um, I'm going to put that out into the universe. And I think I even told Lauderdale. I said, yo, I was really looking forward to this because I think we could create something special. Um, let's run that back because I feel a lot of people um, were looking forward to that. You know, I got a lot of messages leading up to that match. Um, it was a clash of styles, like I said before. So hopefully we run it back um, and maybe Chicago, maybe out east. Who knows? Uh, but we will do that GCW Let's run that back. Um, but when I got there and I was told Sawyer wasn't wrestling, uh, my match originally was supposed to be ASF and Starboard Starboy Charlie and myself. Um, we were supposed to do like this three-way, and then things got switched again to where Alex Price was going. Alec Alec Price was going to be in there, and then it was going to be a four-way. Then it got switched again to me, Alec Price, Rocket. And um, and Manu, Man, Manu, I've, he changed his name. He's a he's a local Lucha Chicago guy, and that was the match. You know, again, me, Robert Anthony, forty years old, uh, two hundred thirty pounds, six foot three, six foot four, in a good day, with um, a lot of the kids, a lot of the flip kids, a lot of the uh, things like that into the scramble match. So my night went from Sawyer wreck to this four-way scramble match, but it was all right. It was a good time, man. Uh, I cut a great promo and got the whole King of the Suburbs act over at Talia Hall, and every hopefully everyone was entertained, you know what I mean? So that was the start of my 2023 was GCW, and if you're listening to this today, Friday, as I look at my calendar, January 13th, tomorrow, Saturday, Freelance Wrestling, live on IWTV. It is Robert Anthony and rock and roll Ricky Morton. I am beyond excited for my match on Saturday with Ricky Morton. I cannot wait. Um, if you thought the idea of myself and Sawyer Wreck was a clash of styles, myself and 70-year-old Ricky Morton, if it goes according to plan, it's going to be probably one of my favorite matches I've ever had in my 22-plus career in independent professional wrestling. I cannot wait. Um, he's been really amazing on online, um, hyping this match up. Uh, hopefully, he's ex as excited for it as I am because he's putting out there that he's going to be the new Freelance World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, champion. And I said, brother, you are on Quaaludes <laughs> if you think you're going to beat me. Um, but, but for real, man, uh, Ricky Morton is someone that 
I aspire to be like when it comes to reinventing yourself and showing everyone that not only age is just a number, but your story isn't over until you quit. He's done everything. He's a Hall of Famer, tag team specialist, and now over 35 years in professional wrestling, he's hanging in there with guys like me, uh, guys like Santana Ortiz. He's doing Canadian Destroyers on AEW, and we got him Saturday night, the 14th. I believe the 14th. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's going to be January 14th, live on IWTV. And I hope, hopefully, all of you tune in, you watch, and it becomes something amazing. So that's kind of my start to 2023 and a look at what's been going on the last couple weeks. Other than that, man, I've been laying low. I've been working out pretty tough and just trying to grind, trying to grind because I honestly don't know when my last match is going to be. Every year, every January, I always think to myself, maybe this is the last year. Maybe this is the last year. And I came to realize that <clears throat> I do have a list. And in my head, I have a list. I never writ written anything down officially. But there's things I need to do to be satisfied with quitting. Like I would ask Black G's all the time, like, when is it time to hang up? When is it time to hang up? Um, he's very vocal that he has unfinished business with Impact Wrestling. And I honestly believe, um, and this is me speaking my opinion about Black G's, um, that if he never gets that up, that opportunity to right that wrong with Impact, he's never going to be satisfied with retiring or giving up or going into a new aspect of independent professional wrestling. For me... A lot of things needed to happen. Number one, I needed to wrestle on TV. I did that. Bucket list off. I needed an action figure. I got the Pine Size All-Star. Two of them with Pro Wrestling Lutes. I checked that off. I want to go to Mexico next month. Uh, no, no, no. February, March. March, I go to Mexico City for AAA and NWA. Checking that bucket list off. Um, I wanted to see the country... For free, and I and in just this last couple years with NWA, I've checked a lot of that off, going to a lot of places and seeing a lot of things I normally wouldn't have seen. So I'm checking those off. But as as if you're a listener of this, obviously Japan's my number one. Um, I talked to Simon Diamond today about Japan, and he keeps um, he keeps telling me it's overrated. And he keeps telling me that I need to find other goals. And I and I tell him, you're not going to talk me out of this. Um, he, I'm going to read, because I like reading text messages. I'm going to read what he told me about Japan. He goes, he said, where where is this at? Uh, Japan is highly overrated. And I said, stop it. You can't squash my dreams on this one. He goes, I felt the same. That I went over for zero one. Hopefully... I will never go back. <laughs> he goes, bus bus ride sucked. It's he goes, bus ride sucked, stiff. Prices were high, stiff. And then I responded, I'm there for the history and culture experiences. I can handle stiff. I used to work the luchas from Mexico in the early two thousands in Chicago. They only tried it once. And then he said something 
that I died laughing. He goes, remember, I was in ECW. That was stiff, but fun. This was stiff, and dot, 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 and not fun. <laughs> Bro, he hates, Simon Diamond hates when I talk about Japan, just because he had a bad experience. Um, but I told him, I go, I go, listen, uh, I'm trying to see the world for free. And I want to go to Japan for the cultural experience and the history of it, right? I want to go to Mr. Dangers. I want to get the jacket from Ribera. I want to see everything Japan has to offer. I want to go in the hot springs. I want to, I want to do everything, you know what I mean? Just sit in a bath of water. Like, apparently hot springs are huge in Japan. Hopefully it's not like those uh, ones in Tampa where they have the red lights on the signs. Uh, trust me talking to my wife i did not go into those parlors with the red lights in tampa uh but i knew people that did go in them but uh, that's a whole podcast for another story um but yeah so he keeps trying to talk me out of japan and it's not going to happen i hmm i could retire without going to japan but i would feel unsatisfied right um but as soon as i go i, I really don't have much to do um because I know that I'm not going to sign a contract because I can't, right? I, I, I have my, my real life going on and I can't risk um, high risk, high reward type of thing. And I don't think I have the guts for it. Um, and I don't have the confidence for it. But um, there's these little things I need to do. And I'm going to get going on them. But this year is looking great. I have something secret, squirrel uh, going on as well that we will shoot a podcast about it. Uh, I'll drop it. I'm going to drop an early podcast or a late podcast kind of, but an extra bonus one. Once that happens, uh, I have a secret squirrel project uh, coming into place. So that'll happen there. But 2033 is looking awesome. and Hopefully you're here for the ride and uh, we'll see what's next. But tomorrow, if you're listening to this on time, uh, January 14th, IWTV, myself and Ricky Morton, tune in today. Now, let's get into the wrestling news. And what is bigger in the world of professional wrestling than the sale of WWE to the Saudi Arabia Investment Group? Holy shit. <laughs> Here's my thoughts and opinions on all of it. Now... I am one to, I feel, give good advice to a lot of young wrestlers. And when it comes to certain things, when it comes to contracts and when it comes to tax time, which is coming up here soon, we should do a whole podcast about independent contractor and taxes. I'll have I'll sit Joe down and we'll do his taxes together. But um, I feel that here's the good and bad that's going to come out of it. And I'm going to use... Um, uh, it's not Manchester United. What soccer team? Um, there's a soccer team. I don't follow soccer or football over in Europe. There's a soccer team that the Saudi Arabian Investment Group owns. Okay. And it's like, it's in Manchester, but it's not Manchester United. It's something along the lines of that. And I was smartened up to the fact that they were barely holding on when before they were bought. Then, once they were bought by the Saudi Arabia Investment Group, 
they were able to pour so much money into that soccer team that they were fighting for first place in some type of something. They got really good, okay? How does that transition to the sale of WWE if that even happens? What's good? What's bad? The good part is the people that are over in WWE, their contracts are going to be ridiculous. They are going to be making so much money that it's going to make those Ted Turner WCW contracts look like nothing. And you can, again, we'll get to the negatives about where this money comes from and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just telling you the positives, if there are any positives, that the professional wrestlers in WWE are going to see more money than they've ever seen or heard of in their lives if that investment group wants to try to take over, right? If they want to try to really shut down any other competition and take over globally. Um, over $10 million, over $10 million contracts are going to be a standard, I feel. And not that's not saying like, if Joe Alonzo signs the NXT, he's going to make a $10 million contract. I think the NXT contracts are going to be where they're at, right? I think that that investment group is smart enough to ha keep people in the WWE offices that know, hey, Joe Alonzo, I'm going to use him because I'm going to pick on him, uh, will sign a contract for $60,000 a year to NXT. And we could keep them under contract for about three months. Um, because I was kind of smartened up to the fact that these new NXT contracts are pretty much three to six month deals. And if you don't impress in three to six months, then they rotate someone new in, right? So they'll say, hey, Joe Lonzo will take a $60,000 three-year deal and we could be out of it in, what, three to six months if they're not paying attention. Or they're not doing well. And I think they're going to keep all that in place. But... When you get to the level of a Roman Reigns, a Kevin Owens, uh, a, a Drew McIntyre, you know, when you get to that type of status, then you're going to see six million plus. If you're a threat uh, to another company, an AEW or or something like that, they're going to throw enough money at those top performers to keep you forever. And if they want a performer from AEW or somewhere else. Let's say they want MJF. And I can see them saying, here's $10 million. An absurd amount of money where you'd be stupid to turn it down. Um, because they have that type of money. I was told they have something along the lines of like $600 billion just to play with. And that investment group is basically the bank of Saudi Arabia, but they're hiding behind the the lines of they're an investment, right? So when they bought the soccer team and then they buy the WWE, they're going to say, we're, we're investing in sports to, I don't know, lighten up our reputation about XYZ, right? So they're able to throw all that money around. So if there is any positives, your favorite wrestler is going to get paid a lot of freaking money. Here's the negatives, and it's it's on you to decide, you know, what your beliefs are, what your core values are. But yeah, you know, the Saudi Arabia culture 
doesn't. Um, they don't agree with a lot of the values in the in our area of the country when it comes to equality and coexisting and understanding and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, do they rock the boat? Do they do they stop? having certain types of performers or leeways or things like that because we know when the when the female performers go to Saudi Arabia to perform they have to be covered from their neck down right will that fly when the program is mainly here in in America uh seen around the world what kind of censorship i think that's the word i'm looking for what kind of censorship will they put in place if any I don't see them just letting it fly the way it is. Um, I feel there will be some type of censorship. Um, but what's that going to look like? And I think that's a huge negative. Uh, personally, I feel if this sale does go down, um, Vince will still be in charge. He will have something in place to where, yes, you can buy it, but I need to be in charge for the next X amount of years. Um, and then it's business as usual. I, I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. It's all speculation, you know, from here on out, but it's one of the weirdest times to be a wrestling fan. And it's one of the weirdest times to be in the wrestling business. Uh, up until this sale, a lot of people have said we're in the golden age of professional wrestling. We're in the golden age of acceptance of our sport. Um, not only is business up on top, AEW, WWE, <clears throat> but, uh, the independents are rocking. Pe promoters are making money. Uh, wrestlers are making money and there's different avenues to do that. Twitch, um, podcasting, uh, Patreon, which I started. I have one Patreon shout out to my one Patreon. Uh, he gets all the exclusive content and the perks on that. I never really plugged the Patreon, uh, because I'm just, starting at it and uh i want to make sure it's like really good before i really really pub it but i do have one patreon shout out to you my friend and uh and they get a lot of perks and early access to whatever they want to to, to do um but there's all those different avenues um and now that this is happening does that golden era start to slip because there's always a downtime in professional wrestling and are we going into that if this sale goes through? Because I could see a lot of fans turn the channel. And I honestly believe if WWE's business slips, everyone's business is going to slip. Because, yes, the hardcore fan is going to support AEW. Because that's the alternative. That's where the smart fans go. Um, but the families. 90% of the families go to WWE because that's what they know. They're the Band-Aid. They're the Kleenex. You know what I mean? They're they're the household name when it comes to professional wrestling. They're the safe bet. And once those families stop watching WWE, I feel a lot of business is going to slip. And it's once WWE slips, AEW slips, independence will slip as well, and everyone's going to suffer. <clears throat> Sorry. But... It's it's gonna be a weird twenty twenty three. It's gonna be, at least for professional wrestling. Um, personally, 
I hope that it doesn't get sold to the Saudi Arabia investment group um, for a few reasons, right? If it does, I'll be happy for my friends because they're going to make a lot of money, okay? But there's going to be a lot of problems with that. A lot of problems with where that money came from, a lot of problems with um, the censorship and what's going to happen to that company going forward because you know what I mean oh my god I didn't even think about the censorship of the video library you think they're going to let a lot of the Attitude Era stuff fly oh man it's already censored on Peacock and uh, and the network it's going to be even more censored holy cow they might even be able to buy WWF branding back <laughs> who knows but that'd be a positive if they get the WWF logo back oh, merchandising would be amazing but um I hope, honestly, and, th- and this is controversial, not really, I hope Disney buys it. If Disney buys WWE, the, it, they wouldn't be able to do what they did with Star Wars because I feel Disney is doing such good business with Star Wars. You know what I mean? Those size series, Andor and The Mandalorian and the whole Galaxy, Ed- Galaxy Edge theme park. Um, I think Disney would produce such good side content. You know how we love those, um, not the Dark Side of the Rings, but those A&E biographies and those little, when the network is around, the WWE 24-7s. I feel Disney would do something along the lines of that beyond our wildest imaginations. It would be so good those side little episodes and history lessons and videos and things like that, as well as they would be able to take the WWE video library and put it on a app and a network that is easy to access and will have everything, right? I think they would preserve the history better than anyone else because that's what their business is, right? Movies and preserving film and making new content. I feel Disney would do such a great job. And then you would get the occasional Undertaker's last ride at at the Disney theme parks. And there would be a whole WWE land, I bet. I doubt it. Uh, Imagine having like one of those those, um, Disney cast members dressed up as John Cena or The Undertaker. It would be like such a hard role to fill. It would be just like this random whatever. But the Rey Mysterio would probably look amazing. The mass wrestlers and the Fiend. Imagine like... um, a fiend horror, uh, like Halloween Horror Nights type of ride. That'd be amazing. Um, But I digress. I hope that Disney purchases it because I feel they're the only ones that could um, preserve the history, make quality content for the future, as well as put the right people in place to run the live events and keep that train rolling because they're on a roll right now. When Triple H got in, in, in power, they're on a big roll. Um, I'm an AEW guy. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, I appreciate everything AEW has done for me, but um, WWE is the topic of conversation, right? So I hope AEW is around forever. But um, uh, yeah, but WWE is on a roll, and we don't know where this is going. Who knows? Uh, but that's my thoughts on it. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, hit me up on the Twitter, or on the Instagram, and, 
and let's have a discussion about this because the next few months is going to be insane. Um, but deep down inside, you know how all wrestlers and wrestling fans think everything's a work? I don't think there's a sale happening. I feel this is something to drum up interest. It's it's something to get people moving, get people talking, and they have a hidden agenda besides, um, besides selling it. Uh, I feel it's going to be a weird 2023, so let's see where this whole entire thing goes. All right, well, this is the part of the solo podcast where let's tell some stories. Um, hopefully, you made it to this 27-minute mark, and I kept you entertained, and I kept you engaged, but now let's tell some stories. Uh, quick, quick, quick thing, my Chicago Wrestling History whole podcast thing right it started with the lwf with billy whack go back in the archives and listen to that then it went to um myself and joey eastman talking about the midwest and then mike pekovich and danny daniels doing aaw history part one and part two um i was supposed to have a guest today but he was busy um but we are gonna do the we're gonna pick up it next week hopefully um and pick up with more chicago wrestling history and you know things like that but um it's part of the series that the podcast i mean that i i have a big passion for because i want to preserve this um there's some people that i'm actively trying to get a hold of like sam decero for windy city pro wrestling because i feel he's the only one i could really interview for that uh you know, I have my hands connected to a lot of the wrestlers of Windy City, but I don't think it would be the same without Sam DeSero. And he's my my white whale at the moment, um, trying to get a hold of him and, and all things like that. But um, just letting you know, that series is not dead. I just want it to be quality. You know what I mean? I want it to be the right person, the right guest. Uh, but I encourage you to go back, listen to the LWF episode with Billy Wack, listen to the AAW part one and part two. Um, those ones are extremely important when it comes to my history. And then definitely go back and listen to Eastman, Joe Eastman and myself, uh, because we talk a lot of little things, MCW with Brian Zenner and a little bit of LaSalle and you know things like that. But I'm going to talk about a quick thing about my first booking outside of Illinois and my home promotion, PCW Pro Championship Wrestling. Um, The reason why I want to tell this story, because number one, I find it extremely funny. And two, a lot of the young wrestlers that are listening to this, um, you might not know the struggle of leaving your home promotion and going to another company as much as I did in the early 2000s. Let me paint the scene for you. I am the pro uh, championship wrestling, PCW, heavyweight champion. And as champion or just someone that has a home promotion, there was a lot of rules in the Midwest. You were not allowed to wrestle 30 miles from any building that we ran. And at that time, PCW ran all over Illinois. Elk Grove, Summit, Franklin Park, um, 
in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, you know what I mean? You know, those areas. So I couldn't wrestle 30 miles from each of those locations without like written permission. You know, I was able to go to LaSalle, but that wasn't outside of Illinois. And that was later on. But um, I was the PCW heavyweight champion. And Carmine Despirito up in Milwaukee hit me up for his show, Mid-American Wrestling. And uh, he, I believe he hit me up before I was champion. And I couldn't get the approval to go. PCW told me no. Then when I became champion, he hit me up again. And he said, hey, hey, kid, let's try this again. I'm doing a show called Night of Champions. It's all the champions from all over the Midwest are going to come to this show. And we're going to do a thing, right? And um, I really wanted to do it. And I remember talking to one of my trainers, John Burke. And I was like, please, I really want to do this show. I want to get out of Illinois. I want to wrestle in Milwaukee. Um, please, 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 please let me do it. And they said, okay. But there's rules. And I said, what are the rules? And they said, number one, you can't job. And I was like, oh. So uh, history about me, I'm not a win-loss mark. Uh, I don't care about the wins. I don't care about the losses. I just care about putting on a good show and giving the fans a memory. You know what I mean? I want, I want those matches to live forever or that memory of me doing XYZ lives forever. So I knew that was going to be an issue because I am... 21 at this time so i'm 21 years old and no i was 20 i had to have been 20 years old i can't remember um but i was 20 to 21 and i knew going into a new company with someone that had a reputation as carmen Despirito, he was everywhere he was very respected uh promoter respected manager by a lot of veterans in the business and he booked everyone um, I knew going into him saying, hey, yes, but I can't job. And, and I understand that you're making me represent my company as heavyweight champion. So I think that broke the ice of like saying, who the fuck is this kid? But that was my my main rules. I couldn't job. Now, here's where the rib comes in, I guess, on me. I get to the show and Carmine tells me it's a tag match. It's myself, Chucky Smooth. Versus the Skull Crushers, uh, Jason Dugues and Skull Crusher Rashi Brown, and all of them had way more time on me at this point. Uh, Skull Crusher uh, Rashi Brown was someone that I looked up to um, because he was just this imposing man. <laughs> he was just a huge guy, six foot five, huge, uh, just a just a imposing guy uh jason dukes uh i knew a little bit about him at that time but chucky smooth was someone that i followed his career very closely um because i was a cm punk mark and uh, coca banna mark they were all in the gold bond mafia together and i followed a lot of chucky smooth stuff um through iwa so when i found out i was tagging with chucky smooth i was kind of excited i was like oh man i get to tag with chucky smooth i might learn something uh this might be a, a good thing for me i might make a couple connections you know xyz so i get there and before i got there carmine knew that i couldn't job he knew it i, I told him beforehand like hey i really want to do this this isn't my call but since i'm representing the company i am their heavyweight champion this is what they said and he said, yeah, I get a kid. It's fine. And I was like, okay, great. Not knowing I was going to get shit for it. 
So when we get to the locker room, uh, to the venue, I was super excited. You know, Ace Steel was there. Ace Steel was wrestling J.C. Bailey. I talk about this match. The show is called Summer Sizzler, M-A-W Summer Sizzler. I believe it only exists in my basement. And the DVD that I have, as well as SmartRack Video, might have a copy of it somewhere. Um, J.C. Bailey versus Ace Steel was the first match that I've seen live outside of Illinois as a professional wrestler. I know that sentence is a mouthful, but here's what that means. Um, when I got into the business, I was pretty much at PCW 24-7, and I was under their bubble. When I got to M to Carmine's, it was the first time I saw indie wrestling as a trained wrestler and seeing how good others were. That match between J.C. Bailey and Ace Steel opened my eyes that I didn't know anything. I watched those guys beat the hell out of each other, and then the finish was the top rope tombstone pile driver. And I remember going, Oh man, I am screwed because I'm trained Memphis style. I'm here for yay boo, couple flashy lucha high spots uh, that I could I could pull off, and that's a, pretty much about it. <clears throat> so I'm already blown out of the water by what's going on. So Chucky Smooth, myself, and the Skull Crushers, Rashi and Duke, sit down to put this match together. And as they put the match together, Carmine walks up and he goes, hey guys, can you believe this? This kid can't job. And I was like, fuck, fuck, no, Carmine. Why did you say that in front of everyone? <laughs> like, why couldn't you just say, hey, Chucky Smooth needs to, t- needs to take the pin or or whatever? No, but he called me out. And I said, oh, no. As soon as that happened, Chucky Smooth got a hold of it. And he got in Rashi's ear. And he's like, can you believe this kid? How long you been working? Oh, man, you can't job? Oh, man. It just kind of riled up Rashi a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I was like, I'm really dead. So we put this match together, and it's Chucky Smooth taking the pin. Whatever, right? Um, uh, Skull Crushers go out first, and uh, I go out, and then Chucky Smooth comes out. And Chucky, and on camera, Chucky Smooth, uh, I believe he cut a promo. And um, and he starts cutting a promo, and then he starts burying me in the promo. And he goes, something was like, yeah, man, he's like, I got here today, and they told me I got this partner from Mexico. And I think to myself, oh, it could be a legend. It could be El Santo. It could be Blue Demon. He's like, except I got this kid in a, a shitty high spots mask. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, this kid, that I, this guy that I'm like actively – a fan of is just burying me to my face in the ring and I can't say anything about it. I was just like, I guess I eat it. Like, yeah, I am a kid in a high spots mask. This sucks. And, um, and then I believe he looked into the camera and buried me again, uh, to the smart mark video camera. I have to go back and watch it, but he riled up Rashi so bad that he beat the shit out of me. I took the heat and Rashi and Jason Duke's Beat the fuck out of me. Chops after chops, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Chucky takes a pin. Night's over. I go to the back. And I was trained in a style of thank them. Thank the person I wrestled. Be respectful, even though I got my ass whooped. Be respectful. I I was able to leave that venue the same way I came in. Yeah, I took a few chops. Yeah, I got beat up a little bit, but it's fine. And, And I remember thanking Rashi. I'm like, hey, man, thank you for your match. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I thanked him again later on for something because he gave me some advice about something. Oh, man, thank you, thank you. And Derek St. Holmes, I'll never forget it. Derek St. Holmes goes, 
I never seen anyone thank someone so much after getting their ass whooped like I like you just did. And I was like, well, I'm being respectful. You know what I mean? I, I walked into these guys' home and I had I had rules on me that I probably shouldn't have had. Um, I should have came in with my you know, head down and listening to what I was told. But, um, but I feel I earned a lot of respect there, but that was the troubles of traveling to other companies when you're tied to somewhere. Like a lot of the kids, uh, at freelance wrestling, they're tied there. That's their home. Imagine going to, I don't know, wrestling place X and saying, Hey, I can't job. I also can't do this. And I can't do that. Like, Whoa, it's, it's a tough, thing to put on someone so young and i get it but again it those aren't the rules anymore right guys can go anywhere and do anything they want you know what i mean there's freelance guys going to um aaw going to warrior wrestling going to that new place uh up north and they just do whatever they want and it, it and everything's okay but in the early 2000s, that was not happening, and you got your ass whooped once you started putting rules on yourself. Um, but that was my first experience, you know, leaving Chicago and wrestling. Um, I remember Nick Bockwinkle was on that show, and he was the first veteran ever to give me advice and give me the time of day, and I never really forgot that. And he watched that match. He goes, well, kid, you took a hell of an ass whooping. What did you do to deserve that? And I told him, I was like, well, I told my company said I couldn't job since I was their champion. He's like, oh, man, I get it. You're put in a wrong spot with a bunch of older veterans, and you're, what, 20, 21 years old. So, you know, fuck him. He's like, you know, you did what you did, and and, uh, you came out better for it, right? And I'm like, yeah, I learned a lot, you know. He's like, yeah, just don't let him see you uh, sell it. You know what I mean? He's like, I know you're hurting. He's like, just, you know, you'll be fine. But I learned a lot and ended up getting a job with Carmine uh, all the way up until he stopped running in the Midwest just because I was respectful and um, and he knew I respected the history of professional wrestling and things like that. So that's my one story for today. I don't want to spoil them all, but um, I want to thank everyone for being here on this Friday. Um, please tune into IWTV to see myself and Ricky Morton tomorrow, January 14th. If you're not, go watch the replay. But um, number one, I want to thank everyone uh, for being here, listening to this, following this journey. Uh, thank you to Chucky Smooth because I know you listen to this podcast. Thank you for burying me uh, all those many moons ago, and I owe you a receipt on that one later on in life. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, thank you guys for, for, for being here and supporting uh, please check out the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe if you haven't done that. Uh, we're slowly building that channel up. I'm doing a lot of shorts uh, because I feel a lot of people are watching the shorts more than the long style vlogs. Um, but I just need to know what you guys are interested in. What do you like? Do you like those show vlogs? Do you like the match uh, watch-alongs, um, the history matches? What do you like? Do you just like watching shorts on YouTube or is YouTube dead? I don't know. Uh, tell me what you guys like. So I want to tailor it to you and and this community that we are building um, and all that good stuff. And then over on Twitter and on Instagram, I have my link tree uh, if you feel inclined to do so and you want the early podcast and all the perks that come with being a Patreon member, um, please uh, join the Patreon. Um, it's something that um, I'm building and it's a community that I want to build, and I would love for everyone to be with me on that as well. But I'm not going to keep you anymore. 
Have a great Friday. Have a great rest of your evening, your night, your morning. And um, 2023, let's, let's do this. 2023, let's go. Have a great Friday, everyone.